Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert, professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Bill Noto. And I'm Waldron Faulkner. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Here we go. All right, Billy, it's time. It's time. It's finally time. It's time to begin. Sergeant Peppers. I, I really honestly wondered whether we'd ever do any Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost uh, like on purpose, because like, oh, yeah. kind of how can you do it? Yeah. Where does the Beatles sit in your cosmology of classic rock or any? That's uh, a great question. So... Lifelong dear friend of mine, Justin Jaffe, friends since we were five in kindergarten. His parents were, compared to my parents, I would say much more participants in the 60s as we think of it. His mom went to Woodstock, for example. His father was a huge Beatles head. And I would say his father introduced me to the Beatles, including giving me like tapes of Revolver and Rubber Soul and hmm, Dr. Michael Jaffe psychologist introduced me to the Beatles and Justin and I were interested in them and our friend Pear was interested in them like my brother didn't really introduce me to them my parents weren't particularly into the Beatles but right. I had I had friends who liked the Beatles so because you're the guest host on this and I'm the host host on this mm-hmm. you get to make the first pick so maybe we should dive right in with your first pick and talk about it while we listen For my first pick, I'm going to pick She's Leaving Home. She's Leaving Home is what you're calling for? Yep. Okay, see. One of the things I like about the Beatles... Wednesday morning at five... Is that there's a lot of variety. And this album is like a variety show, right? So all the songs are different. And notice on this one, it's not really a rock song. It's a ballad. You don't hear any drums. You don't hear any guitar. Right? It's just like piano and classical instrumentation, I think. She goes downstairs to the kitchen clutching a handkerchief. If this is the song we're going to listen to now, yep. then instead of talking about your cosmology with the Beatles, we're going to have to talk about mine first. Talk about it. That's great. Because this song figures prominently in it. Was this one of your picks? It is one of my picks. She... I've been on record as saying that my first album that I got was Changes One Bowie. Mm -hmm. But really, the first album I had was Sgt. Pepper's because it was the only album, it was the only rock album my parents owned. Hmm. And one of the few albums they owned, they weren't particularly musical, my parents. And I got my hands on this album and played it on the turntable from a very young age six seven and this song is so heartbreaking and was it, it heartbreaking to you as a six and seven year oh old yeah oh yeah that's amazing you know an eight and nine and you know i don't know how old i was exactly but i was super young like young enough that they were worried about my using the turntable <laughs> i mean it's such a heartbreaking piece of music daddy our baby's gone you know well that's the thing i don't think in my youth, when I was interested in this band, I would have picked this song. And 
it's only as a father of a teenager who's turning more towards the world and like <laughs> opening himself towards the world say it that way yeah. right that it resonates with me and Never a thought for I've described how he's less interested in us and like more interested in his peers and that is like yeah. it's healthy it's wonderful and it's heartbreaking yep and that's what this song is about and I was actually listening to this on my way to pick him up and it actually made me start to cry and I was surprised by it this should be in my on repeat playlist because it's the first song ever that was on repeat for me hmm. over and over again I would listen to this song and just try to picture the scene mm -hmm. you know all the like story of this song is like so amazing it's just ordinary people you know it's like people in bathrobes at the top of the stairs like daughters leaving out of the screen door in the back it just feels very like yeah I think it's a very powerful song Of this ending. I think maybe if I wasn't a father of a teenager, I don't know if it would necessarily hit me in the same way. It's really going to be tough for me to like put my personal bias aside here. There was a time in my life when I would have deemed this to be the most important album in rock history. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I'd go away from that right now. <laughs> August has a preference for Abbey Road. And over the years, he's a huge Beatles guy. And he has maybe drawn me towards Abbey Road a little bit more. Mm. I'm not so sure anymore. But mm -hmm. in terms of like important album, maybe Abbey Road is a better album. I don't know. But I don't think there's a more important album than Sgt. Pepper's. We're not here to debate the relative merits of Beatles albums. We're here to talk about the very best songs on this album. Thank you for doing that, because otherwise... I know. We'll just trouble. suck in a twisted vortex. Well, okay, good. Now it's my turn. Indeed. It's my turn. Take it away, compadre. That means that... Okay. <laughs> I'm changing my list. I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm changing it even as we speak. Because it's one of those moments when I can't hear the end of She's Leaving Home without hearing the beginning of Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Not on my list. It wasn't originally on my list either, but I'm putting it in, the, in there right now because... For the benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight on trampoline. I like it a little better right now than With a Little Help from My Friends, which was going to be my number four song. Mm -hmm. But I'm bumping Mr. Kite up. Partially because <laughs> it's happening in real time, besties. It has to follow She's Leaving Home. And also because this is the one the Beast likes on this album. Mm -hmm. So... I'm amazing that it got promoted. For me, this was a straight skip. I was like, ah, Mr. Kite. Ah. Tell me, tell me why it warrants discussion, Waldron. Well, what a psychedelic thing. And all this Edwardian imagery and the story of... And of course, Henry the Horse dances the wall. 
do you know the story of like how this got formulated? Mm -mm. There's an Edwardian circus poster that John Lennon had, and all of the, you, you can see it online, but the, all of the characters from the story are there in the thing, Mr. Kite and Henry the Horse and the Hendersons and Pablo Fanke and all of the rest of this is, is in there. It's, it's not directly lifted. He's taken a lot of creative license. The band begins at 10 to 6 when Mr. K performs his trick. without a sound. It's such a creative thing. And Mr. H will demonstrate 10 somersets he'll undertake on solid ground. And that steam organ, I don't know how many other steam organs you'll find in rock. That lets us talk about George Martin right here. That's a steam organ? He played all of that steam organ. Huh. I mean, it's such a carnival sound, right? Totally. And it's all tape stuff. This is early tape. Jeff Emmerich is the engineer on this thing, and they were experimenting with tape and like all the... What kinds of things could you do with tape? Well, you know, they would slow it down and speed it up. I think more than that, they would just could play... Could they play it forwards and backwards? I don't know if they would play it backwards yet mm -hmm. uh, for this album. Mm -hmm. But... They would play it over and over again, overdub it in different sections. It's very sort of John Cage because there's mm. moments that happen in, a, I think, in a different tempo and mm. in different, uh, maybe even a different key, but like certainly a different phrase and not placed. It's almost like cut and paste uh, William S. Burroughs style. Like a pastiche, lots of pastichiness. Sure, you know, yeah. and and so being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, it's a John Lennon. It's classic Lennon stuff to me because you know it's bizarre and trippy and. And also, you know, George Martin. You can't you can't talk about Sgt. Peppers without talking about the importance of George Martin. Do you know George Martin? Have you met George Martin? I mean, he was over here for dinner the other day, but, you know. Well, I've met George Martin before. And in mm -hmm. fact, I think you'd like George Martin quite a bit. Where did you meet George? Well, he was the, he delivered the commencement address uh, at my graduation at Berkeley okay. College of Music in 1989. And you had a chance to interact? Well, I got to shake the man's hand and receive a diploma. Okay. Which at that time was actually not a guaranteed thing for a lot of the people in the, in the hall. <laughs> a lot of people didn't graduate from Berkeley back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was more important to go than it was to graduate, perhaps. Well, yeah, the, the smart ones, you know, got a better gig and also realized, oh, I'm a heavy metal guitarist. I don't need four years of music theory to do my thing, right? Right. I, I looked up what the commencement address was, and, and here's why I think you might like him, Billy. Let me give you a quote. For music to improve, it has to be created live. This may seem a paradox coming from someone who has spent most of his life in a recording studio, but I believe in the spontaneity of performance and the ability to move the soul of the listeners with music that happens at the time. I love this guy. I should have been listening. Really? If I had been listening, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> you heard him say that live. I heard it live, <laughs> but only later did yeah, I yeah. actually understand Thank it. Thank goodness it was recorded so you could go back and revisit <laughs> it. <laughs> That's very cool. I love that quote. Yeah. Yeah. Spontaneity. All right. I'm going to make my next pick. My next pick is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Reprise. Oh, the reprise. Okay. Good. I'm glad you called for this. And the reason I like this one is the rock and drums. What? 
this is sort of at the end of the album. I don't know if it's the grand finale or if it's like the, okay, we're wrapping things up. I think this is the last number of the evening of the concert. Yep. And Day in the Life is the uh, encore. The encore. Exactly. Well said. Okay, perfect. So, I don't know if I want to give a sneak peek, but I love the way that we're, we're actually rocking when we get to this song. And it is, it's like up-tempo, it's happening, the guitars have distortion in them. And it's like a fun little party, right? So yeah. that's it for me. What, what, do you like this one? Was it on your list? I love this. And I also like the drums. I like the regular, what do you call it? Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band song as well. Uh-huh. Yep. I know that this is your next pick, Billy. I wonder if we should just let it play. Uh, nope. I don't want to. I want you to stop playing right now. And I, <laughs> Okay. I want you to go to a callback to the Beastie Boys episode. I want you to play the Sounds of Science. And I want you to cue it up at about one minute and 40 seconds. Why don't you wake up? My kind of blowing like an oil projector. How do you get up to get the Jimmy protector? That's the... Right there is that sample. You know it's a rockin' beat when the Dust Brothers sample you for the Beastie Boys. Although, I think I'm gonna say false. Because... I'm pretty sure that the sample comes from the first Sgt. Pepper's, not the reprise. Here, let's listen. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm false. Can you sample yourself saying you're right, I'm wrong? <laughs> so that I could just like have a box well, where I push a red some, button. If, it if you do some editing, you could do that yourself. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm going to make a little little thing that I could just, it's like a little box that just says Waldron on it. When you push the button, it says you're right, I'm wrong. Well, look, because I know, because I know that your top pick is a day in the life. Totally it is. It is. That's my third song. Okay. And so instead of doing that, I think what I'll do is go to with a little help from my friends. Okay. Paul McCartney's bass on this one. It's so melodic. you predict my songs i guess i did a little bit I, I was pretty i was pretty sure that i was pretty i don't know for some reason at the end of um sergeant peppers i was pretty sure you were going to go straight into day in the life but maybe that's because that's the way it programs well, on the album yeah and, and and there's no they go right from one right into the other right yeah okay billy it's time for a quiz sergeant peppers quiz Quiz time? Now, normally, when I give you a quiz, I'll do like over-under. You'll have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. And when you do a quiz, it's like, what were the three top acts in the Billboard 
Hot 100 in 1984 <laughs> in the third quarter, right? So I'm going to ask you. That's totally true. To name in in 30 seconds, I would like for you to name at least 12 of the people that are featured on the cover of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Oh my God. Without looking. I have to look. I can see you looking. I'm looking. You can't look. I can't look. do it without looking. I, I, I fail your quiz. This is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it without looking. So, Gandhi? Okay. I'm not actually... I remember Gandhi's on it. Well, there are four really easy ones you could you could get. John Paul George and Ringo. <laughs> All right. right. Um, Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. Elvis? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. JFK. You're looking. I- I'm just remembering Lincoln. Okay, good. I'm this is make, all very good. I'm this making stuff up. Uh, Tiny Tim. Yeah, yeah. Tiny Tim is on there. Who else? Some sort of do- doll-like figure. <laughs> that's a, that's about all I got. You keep on naming things because I'm going to just say yes, and the <laughs> very besties won't be able to tell because you know how do they know? Oh, this is your new favorite segment. Yeah. Do this. So just say any, you know, like, uh, Drake is on there, I'm pretty sure. I guess the Queen. The Queen must be in there. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yes, the Queen. Queen Elizabeth. Twice. Two different versions of her. Who else are you thinking of? Who did I, who did I miss? Who else is on that album? Oh, I don't know. I've got the list in front of me, so like... Okay. In fact, mm-hmm. when you were naming off names and I was just saying yes to them. Yeah, you got me. I, I was starting to feel more confident as we were going. It occurred to me that I <laughs> had no way of really checking them other than like searching the list and I wasn't going to do that. Uh-huh. I was just going to say yes. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yes. And, <laughs> well, I don't even need to ask you what your top pick is, Billy. I know. Yeah. So you know it. You know my top pick. My top pick is A Day in the Life. And honestly, like I think a lot of people would say... They're going to call me completely crazy when, Wait, when you when make your pick. the very best song. Uh-huh. But I've got a reason for it. But we can have this be the pedestrian pick for the very best no. song on... No, it's just the best one. It's just the best one, <laughs> okay. man. Well, I love this confidence. Finally, Billy. It took a year, but... This is the best one. Like, it's all the different stories, the narrative. It's sad. Like, it's, it's amazing. This song is like a masterpiece, I would say. When I was eight years old and lying on the carpet of my parents' living room listening to this song, I just had no idea what the hell it was about. Uh And it was one of those moments when you kind of realize, oh, I'm eight, someday I'm going to understand what it is. Hmm. To this day, I don't really know what this Mm -hmm. song is about. Do you? Well, if you take it at face value, I mean, the beginning's about a politician killing himself in his car. I saw the photograph. Can't be that, dude. I'm just taking it at face value. He blew his mind out in a car. How many holes in Blackbird Lancashire? I mean... So, one thing we got to talk about is Ringo Starr. I know that people consider him to be a very weird drummer like is Ringo left-handed and that's why he starts his fills with the left hand instead of the right or vice versa I don't know what it is but he is left-handed playing right-handed drums which is to say the hi-hats on his left and the snares in between and and that affects it affects his fills and there's a lot more space in his fills because he's got to get his hands in the right place to do them. 
quick interruption. We're experiencing the drop Beatles edition. When the Beatles invented the drop, which no one <laughs> gives them credit That's a for. Hot take. <laughs> That's a hot take. Well, think about it. Listen, it's amping up. I mean, we know it's going to be like some different kind of change. The drums are going to be different at the end. You know, the way they recorded that was by asking all of the members of the orchestra to do their own glissando, but at their own time Hmm. and ending at the right moment and not doing it together. It's wild. I think that's the way it worked. What I just want to say about Ringo is Ringo gets a lot of grief, but not from drummers. You won't (laughs) won't find a drummer that would disrespect Ringo. And I think... um, in some of the like melody maker lore around the Beatles, there was this idea that like he he wasn't contributing much or something. But he is he's widely regarded by many many drummers as having the best feel. One of the reasons why all the Beatles songs are so good is because they feel good, and part of that is just because Ringo plays with such good feel. I don't know if I'll be able to describe what that means, but he's able to play in a way that it just feels good when you hear it. And that's actually not easy to do. You know, the problem is, and maybe this is why we've avoided the Beatles for so long, is because we know that there are so many, like, Beatlefiles out there that know every every single thing about mm. this album and this song, mm-hmm. especially this song and this mm-hmm. album. Like, people know mm-hmm. everything about it, and we're getting, mm-hmm. like, morphine levels of stuff incorrect at this point. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, we just heard the actual, what I consider to be the actual drop. And I wonder if you've ever turned it up loud enough to hear the bench squeak that happens. Huh. You know that they had multiple people playing that piano chord. And it took forever to get it because somebody would cough in the room after it or <laughs> like they couldn't hit it at the same time. And when they finally got it, the one thing is that they held it. They held it and held it and held it, but somebody moved and the bench of the piano squeaked. And... It's an artifact that Beatle Files know about that I'm not sure I've ever heard it. <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard it. But I know at the very end comes this like weird, like play it yeah, backwards the, uh, and you hear Paul is dead thing. Um, I don't know if that's Paul is dead. That's in is Strawberry that Fields. Else? For, it's in a different album. Abbey Road, probably. I mean, I never really enjoyed that part. <laughs> nobody does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So are we going to hear your take on the very best song? Yeah, Billy, but you know, I'm kind of worried about it now because clearly <laughs> everybody thinks A Day in the Life is going to be like the quintessential best song on the album. And, and, and maybe it is, but I've got a special place in my heart for the song 
fixing a hole. Mm. Because the first time I thought about maybe doing a music podcast was in 2005. And it was the song Fixing a Hole that made me think, I would love to talk about this song for an hour and talk about why it's so wonderful. Is that the next episode? Right. <laughs> well, no, it's going to be the, the last you know, three minutes or four minutes of, of this episode, That's, I think. Can we because, listen to it too? Yeah, let me play it. So, harpsichord for one thing, and I think it's George Martin playing it. I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in. I think that the version that I had of this, my parents, I think it was an original pressing, and I'm pretty sure it was mono. So having all that harpsichord only on the left, hmm. I don't know if I... That guitar, so sweet. You know, it's such a fuzzbox 1960s guitar, and it rings out so clean, you know? Hmm. And the chord progression here is wild, dude. It's an F minor, but now F major. Minor and major, dude. Oh, that's your favorite. Okay. It's your, your catnip. Guitar sounds great. The the chord progression is wild. It's got augmented chord in there, and it also there's a a line in the chord progression that goes from F chromatically down. That's common in in Latin music a lot, but they've got it in here, and they're mixing it with this um, wild chord progression. All right, and then here's the part that I love. Listen to the harmonies that are being sung in the background here. And Is this Beach Boys inspired harmonies? <laughs> it could be because, you know, they went back and forth. This album blew the minds of all of the Beach Boys. But listen to what happens to this harmony, okay? I love it. Okay, that here? Yeah. It will continue for the rest of the song. Wow. For the rest of the song. Even here. It doesn't always belong, but they sing it anyway. <laughs> I never noticed that before. Also, what is that song about, dude? I don't know. I mean, it's... It, a lot of people think it's a heroin song. Mm -hmm. It's not, according to um, Paul McCartney. It's not a heroin song. It's just about. Um, it's more of a weed song. Mm -hmm. It's about finding a time and a place to sort of let your mind wander and be free and mm -hmm. be creative. Mm -hmm. And so we worried and worried about recording a Beatles episode, and here we are. Is it decided for Sgt. Pepper's Walter? I want to say that it is decided. And Billy, because you picked it as their very best, I think we have to say that <laughs> A Day in the Life is their very best. Oh. Because I picked it or because you're, you're sort of like... Because I agree. Okay. Because I agree with you that it is their very best. What's the very best album? The very best <laughs> Beatles album what's is... The, no, what's the... 
What's the very best Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band album? Well, it is this one and not the soundtrack to the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Facts. from 1978, starring Peter Frampton in the role of Billy Shears and the Bee Gees as his oh my God. other Sgt. Pepper's. Well, get in touch, people. Come on. Go to our Instagram. Go to Facebook. You can email us at contact at their very best or wrong at their very best. We'd love you to check out the website, theverybest.com. Hey, Where, Billy. And what, Billy. What, what, what's on the website? They, they got playlists on the, on the website. They got sweet playlists <laughs> on the website. You know what, what they have on the, on the website that you may not yet be aware of? What's that? Have you heard of um, Waldron's Super Selects? Playlist? Actually, I checked that out today, and I was very intrigued. <laughs> I was looking at that today. What Waldron, for the benefit of the very besties, what is the Waldron Super Select well, trademark TM look, sign? The Super Select. Here's the problem. You might have a podcast host that makes bad picks. Sometimes you might have a podcast host friend that makes a bad pick. Waljin, you might have a podcast co-host that makes bad picks. I definitely do, but you probably also do. Anyway, the Waldron <laughs> Super Selects are the ones that I really love, and maybe one or two that we didn't really talk about. And you just, like, ditch your co-host's picks? It's just like the Waldron <laughs> picks? <laughs> right. That is <Yeah>. bogus. <laughs> yeah. I know. That it's goes great. against the bylaws. You got to go to the website, though, to get to any of the playlists. Without the website, there are no playlists. You've got your extended playlists. I've got my super I know. It's kind of the opposite of my extended playlist. It it's is. like, it is. no, we're going to dial in the critical thinking here. So we're going to do more of these. So beware. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best.